dress and keep. Today is a little bit different. Instead of Gannon, I have my longtime friend Ariana here to discuss motherhood and identity. Ariana, can you introduce yourself and just tell a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I grew up in a loving Christian home. My parents were very involved in church. We were there pretty much whenever the doors were open. I became a Christian when I was eight years old. And at 14, I was convicted about not being baptized. So my dad baptized me. And I got married to my husband, Solomon, when we were both 20. And we've been married for 12 years, and we have four boys. Yeah, it's it cracks me up because you and I have a very similar life and our timelines are very similar. We got married about a month apart. You got married before me. When's your anniversary? March. Okay, yeah, March 5th. Okay, yeah, you got married a month before me and then I had Kimber a couple months before you had your first mm-hmm. Leroy and you've had the four boys. I had the four girls. Now I'm having a boy. And so maybe... Now we're just waiting for me. I know. (laughs) Waiting for the inevitable. Yes. So anyways, let's get right to it. Um, We're going to be talking about motherhood and identity. And so let's start with identity. Where should we ultimately place our identity? And we're just going to lay down the foundation right now. Our identity is related to our design. We are created in the image of God, and so therefore, our identity is in Him. When we look to external things for fulfillment or identity, as soon as that thing is gone, then our happiness and our contentment is gone. As soon as that thing is not going as we planned, we are devastated the one thing we can rely on is Christ. We cannot put our full trust in anything other than Christ. Our material possessions will not last. Our looks will fade away. Our spouse and our children will let us down. We cannot chase glory in these things. We must find it in Christ. And so I've laid the foundation down. You and I are both in agreement on this. What are your thoughts on this? What do you think people tend to put their identity in that is not Christ? Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, I think I want to still, I want to go back to where our identity comes from first. And it ultimately comes from our creator because he created us and in what you said earlier, you reminded me of Genesis one twenty seven, which says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are created in the image of God, but sin hijacked our identity, and the world has been in, a, in, in an identity crisis ever since. I think we are misunderstanding what identity is. I think our definition of identity is different than what it's meant to be. And I think what we tend to put our identity in is our works, in what we do, Mm -hmm. in the things that we desire to do, a dream job, or even being a stay-at-home mom. We measure our identity by how good our works are. This is where I think we are misunderstanding what identity means. The Bible reveals to us there are only two places we will find our identity. And those two places are either in sin or Jesus Christ. If we do not find our identity in Christ, our identity is defaulted in sin. Romans 1 24 through 25 says, Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. 
When we choose to put our identity in anything other than Christ, we choose to worship ourselves. And this is a great example of sin. When it comes to motherhood, I think we mistake motherhood as an identity instead of what it is, a role. Identity is something that is consistent and unchanging. A role is temporary. But I'm not saying that you can stop being a mother Just the responsibilities change as time passes. Mm -hmm. We first become daughters. Second, we become sisters. Third, we become wives. Fourth, we become mothers. And fifth, we become grandmothers. I kind of shared a post like that on Instagram a while ago. Yeah. And in all of these roles, our identity remains the same, whether in Christ or in sin, if we do not know him. So we can be in sin and still be a mom or or our identity is in Christ and we're a mom, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. What do you think? Does that make sense? Is there anything I missed? No, I love how you make the distinction between a role and our identity. That was really well said. And... I love what you said that our responsibilities as mothers will change over time. I believe that all seasons of parenting is difficult. The newborn stage, toddler years, early and middle childhood, Mm -hmm. preteen, and then even having adult children, there's challenges in every single one of those stages. And they, each stage I believe is a means for us to find growth and bring us closer to God And kind of with the mention of difficult seasons, um, I wanted to discuss how we reclaim motherhood to the glory of God. Mm. God created motherhood. Eve was named mother of all living. That is what Eve means. We know that God created Eve to mother and it was good. The curse affected her conception and childbearing. We can't sit back and change the way sin uh, has affected parenting. However, we know that First Timothy two fifteen says, "But women will be saved through childbearing." And then there's a caveat: if they continue with faith, love, holiness, and self control. And I think what Paul is trying to say here is that childbearing is sanctifying. Yeah, this is not an ultimate salvific. Um, saving, but motherhood is a way God grows us. And Paul's caveat is if they continue with faith, love, holiness, and self-control. So I think maybe I would encourage mothers to ask themselves, where can I improve in my faith? Am I growing in my love for others? Am I being sanctified and more Christ-like? Mm-hmm. Uh, how am I doing with my self-control in all areas of my life? Those are maybe things that you could ask yourself in your role as a mother to kind of point yourself back to Christ. That's really good. And another thing that Gannon constantly says, and he said this over and over again in the podcast, is nothing is neutral and that everyday life is an act of worship towards God. Worship is not limited to Sunday. It is 24 seven. And I used to think when someone brought up the word worship, that it just meant singing in church, which really is praise. Yeah. And so when you are having these difficult late nights, when you are changing another diaper, when you're correcting a child, you indeed are doing it to the glory of God. And it is an act of worship. That's so convicting. It's not, yeah, it's not neutral. Um, if you're in Christ, it's, it's an act of worship to him Mm -hmm. and, um, you're not doing it for recognition and being seen as a good mom, but you're doing it for the Lord. And I think it's really hard because motherhood is such a private event. It's not big and glamorous. You're not getting all that praise. And so these little acts Mm -hmm. of worship that don't get recognition, they, they just seem very mundane and difficult and you don't always have somebody cheering you on. Um, but God sees it and he knows. And so What's kind of your take on this? Is there a scripture that comes to mind for you when you think of mothering 
to the glory of God. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and what really actually came to my mind just now actually is a song and it's called audience of one. And he basically just think that says that he's singing to an audience of one. He's singing to God. And I think we need to remember that in those moments of um, when nobody can see us, you know, in our private, intimate moments by ourselves in our homes with our families, we have an audience of one always. Yeah. So that's really, that's what comes to my mind. I'm going to go on a tangent for a second, but I, it. <laughs> I think it's so encouraging to know that God is faithful within our roles as mothers and ultimately, our roles, like you said, are meant to sanctify us to become like Christ. And God made motherhood to make us like his son. I agree with Gannon that everything we do will either glorify Christ or it will glorify sin. There is no gray area. This is why intentionality is so important throughout our day. It is also convicting for myself because there have been many times where I have made sure to tell others um, that I'm doing certain things as a mom in order to prove to them that I'm a good mom, you know, reassuring my family, you know, the old, the mother-in-laws or the moms. Yeah. To get that, that praise, that recognition. Yeah. To get that praise or to just be like, don't worry, I am doing this, but, and to just reassure, but it's really, reveals like my lack of confidence, I think, in myself as a mom, and it reveals my pride. Um, And so where was I going with this? Um, So um, in reality, it is not me who is good. When I'm looking for that praise and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to show off how good I am as a mom, There is no one who is good. The Bible says this. And the only one who is good is God. And I must do these things for his glory, not my own. Not looking for recognition in what I am doing, but doing it because I want to. Doing it out of gratitude for my Savior because of what he's done for me. So when you were sharing about how nothing is neutral and that everyday life is an act of worship, I thought of 1 Corinthians 10.31, and it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When it comes to mothering for God's glory, I also think of Proverbs 31. This entire chapter talks about what a woman who fears the Lord does as a wife and a mother. More specifically, I do want to draw our attention to the end of the chapter in verse 30, and it says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. As mothers, we can examine our hearts by studying this passage first and looking at our own actions. Do our actions reveal our fear for the Lord? This is so convicting for me. Yeah, it is. (laughs) If they do not, I don't think we are living for his glory as mothers. And I think it all goes back to intentionality and really being intentional. It's so easy to be passive. Mm -hmm. Um, Fearing the Lord should be producing good fruit in our lives. That means the actions we are doing point to Christ. Having a good attitude instead of throwing a pity party to myself. I do that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Being productive instead of lazy and actively showing our families our love for them and Christ. Another passage of scripture that comes to my mind is Titus 2, 3 through 5. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. I almost missed that part. This passage is not only helpful for the older women, but for the younger as well. Paul is revealing here what we should be doing as married women. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last part of that verse, so that the word of God may not be reviled. That's heavy. I think another translation to that is so that the word of God may not be 
blaspheming. Mm -hmm. I think that might be, I don't know what translation that is, but that's, that's a heavy weight. It's like, if you're not doing those things, are we reviling the word of God? Like, I, I don't know. I have to look into that more, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's a really good passage. And, a scripture that comes to mind right off the bat for me, and it's kind of an obscure passage, but there's so much wisdom that we can pull from it. And it's from First Timothy 5, uh, which says, Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband, and having the a reputation for good works if she brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. And so in this passage, Paul is talking about widows the church should help. Essentially, like qualifications of a widow whom the church will be providing for. Churches should be taking care of their widows, making sure they have food, shelter, and, you know, someone's checking in on them Mm -hmm. and, you know, their health or whatever needs they have. But what I see also is Paul is describing the life of a godly woman. She, uh, she's a woman who is a wife. She has a good reputation. She's raised children. She's a woman who knows how to be hospitable. So she's allowed people in her home She's cared for the saints, so that could mean she has um, taken care of church members, mm-hmm. uh, spent time serving at the church. Uh, she has served the and cared for the afflicted, so that could mean um, maybe people in poverty, orphans, other widows, and she has devoted herself to a life fulfilled by serving others and Christ. Nothing about her life points to herself and her own glory. She is Mm -hmm. pouring it out into others. And I'm going to say something unpopular, but I say this because I am totally guilty of it. And I think sometimes people post their good works on Instagram, not for the sake of pointing the glory to Christ saying, Mm -hmm. look what Christ is using me for. Um, and not for the sake of encouraging other women, but it's really to get that praise and admonition and create their own little bit of glory. And we're in a really weird day and age where things we do as mothers don't have to never be seen anymore because we can literally post it all on social media and get the likes and the comments Mm -hmm. and, So to kind of bring it back to what you've said, Mm -hmm. what is our motivation for doing the things we do? Is it for the fear of the Lord as an act of worship? Or do we just want to receive praise and be seen as a good mom? It again falls back on that displacement of identity. Um, I kind of want to ask you, what comes to mind when you think of this passage, 1 Timothy 5, 9, about the widow. Yeah. So, um, I agree with what you said in first Timothy five. And I think the theme here is all about pouring ourselves out as wives and mothers, placing our families and others before ourselves and becoming like Christ. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. About the widow? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know. What's your, what's your take on it? Um, yeah. And here, let's see, when we follow through with our responsibilities at home, we are then able to serve outside of our homes and invite others in. If we're not doing what God has called us to do as moms, we're not able to pour ourselves out to others. And God's purpose for this is the spread of the gospel for others to come to know him as we do for his glory. If we are wives, not if we as wives, sorry, are not doing this, we are not being who God has called us to be. Yeah. As imperfect moms, our motives are flawed and it is so easy 
to fall into the trap of chasing our own glory. And I have fallen into this trap. It's very tempting, especially with social media. Oh, God for is, sure. Yeah. I've been convicted by this and um, aware of my self-serving motivations to look for that affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, and truly, instead of like going to my husband for those things, like, hey, am I doing what I need to be doing? I'm yeah. looking, I'm fishing for it through other people instead yeah. of the people who God has called me to look for that f- um, from. Um. And so really like the question that comes to my mind is who do we want to please as moms? Are we looking for likes from strangers on social media or do we want to hear well done my good and faithful servant? I think our motivations come from two places. The first is receiving affirmations and accolades from the world. And the second is putting on an eternal mindset remembering that our assurance of why we do what we do comes from Christ. Ultimately, if we are motivated by temporary accolades, they are just that temporary and we'll go back to dust when we go back to dust. If our motivation is for anything other than Christ, we do it in vain. But if we are motivated by Christ Our work or his work will be for his glory and his glory lasts forever. Isn't it? Oh, I can't think of the scripture. Maybe you can help me, but isn't there a scripture that says something alludes to something like um, your reward being on earth when you do it? Yes, storing, is it about like storing your treasures in heaven? Or no, is that a different one? I think it's in first Corinthians, but it's something about like when we do something for public recognition, your reward is on earth. It's something I'll come back to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I, I think I know what you're talking about though. Another, I guess that other passage that I thought about when we were discussing earlier, I took, it's not, um, on my thoughts anymore, but it's about like not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But I don't think that's the same. I think that's a different passage. No, it just popped in my head. Sorry. No, that's good. That's really good. Um, also I think, um, as imperfect moms, because we are imperfect and our motives are flawed and we are going to fall into, um, sin of self-serving and looking for our own glory it's really easy to fall into that trap. And God has definitely made me aware um, of this. And um, social media has made chasing our own glory more accessible, I -hmm. think. And um, so it's easy to brag about ourselves and what we're doing. We're essentially, this is what I've been thinking about since like 2017. Since I started my YouTube channel, I've had these convictions. Um, you know, I think about creating my own kingdom um, yeah. on social media. Like I look at Instagram and it shows your how many followers you have and mm-hmm. And, um, how many posts you have, and then it shows how many likes you have and all of these things that, you know, I think it's like dopamine hits. Like yeah. this is a strategy. It's this a dopamine hit. This isn't something that they just decided to come up with willy nilly. Like this is something that directly gets at your heart. Like, oh, I want this, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it motivates you to stay on the phone longer. Yep. And so this isn't just something like this is planned and this is what's so eerie about it at the same time. But I also, you know, I don't want to um, bag on social media either because I think it can be used for God's glory. Yeah. And um, but I think it needs to be intentional and planned And I've been convicted, like, I need to be going to my husband about this post. Like, hey, what do you think about this? And then going and, well, first going to the Lord in prayer about it. And then going to my husband instead of just being impulsive about Mm -hmm. things I post. Because then it's like, well, why am I doing it? Am I chasing my own glory? Or am I chasing God's glory? And am I trying to make him known in the social media world? Um. 
And I'm totally speaking for myself. And this is like my own sinful, selfish motivations that the Lord has been bringing to my mind for the last mm-hmm. two years. And Second Timothy 3, 2 says, this is where I think about us creating our own kingdoms. It says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. The world says our focus as moms should be on ourselves and our own happiness. But if this truly satisfies, why haven't we found our identity as mothers? Because we're still looking for it. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I actually listened to, it's on Canon Plus. It's a webinar and it's called Modern Mom Detox. And it's really good, very convicting. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of alludes back to what we're talking about, chasing our own glory. And one of the points, Rachel uh, Jankovic, who's the teacher on there, talks about is how with social media, um, sorry, this just popped into my no, brain like no, popcorn. You're good. No worries. With social media, um, it's very easy for women to, instead of just being in the moment and having, you know, time with their kids where they're sitting down and opening a book and reading to them. Yeah. They have to stop, take a picture and show everybody, look, I'm reading to my yes, kids right or like, now. You know, you're, you record it like, Oh, let's record this. And then you share it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And she challenges women, you know, what is your motivation for that? And also here's this beautiful private moment you're having with your kids and you're going to let 500 followers in on it. That's so true. And I was like, wow, that's good. And she kind of even brought this up with, um, and I'm not trying to shame people who share their births or birth stories, but she brought this up with birth. There's women Mm. who will film their entire birth. And she's like, you know, that's a private beautiful moment Hmm. and you shouldn't just let the entire world in on it and see it. Yeah. And I, it was very timely that I watched that webinar because it was right before I had Bessie and everybody was like, you should do it or you should give birth on Instagram (laughs) live. And I'm like, first of all, never in a million years. Yeah. And then second of all, I was able to respond and just say, Hey, that's like a private moment. And Mm -hmm. Not every single person is privy to just be in the room, basically, with me. Exactly. Um, but anyways, chasing our own glories. No, Sorry. that's no, that was really good. Um, and yeah, I wanted to say that chasing our own glory will only go back to the grave when we're gone. Like it's yeah. all in vain. It, it really is meaningless. It does not last an eternity. Um, And chasing God's glory and doing everything for him will have eternal impact. And I think this can go back to um, the expectations that we have as mothers of our families. So for example, when we're looking for credit, we expect our husbands to notice everything we do. Um, And then when they don't, we get (laughs) disappointed and and we start to resent them. And For the majority of the time, it feels mundane and unimportant, but it is so important and important mundane tasks go unnoticed, which is actually probably a good thing. You know, it's not, it's a good thing because when they go noticed, it means they're not getting done. Um, And we must remember that this work set before us is God's work that he already prepared for us before the universe was created. And I always, I thought about um, Ephesians 2.10, and it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In this attitude, I think we will find ourselves less concerned about taking the credit and getting noticed, and we will ultimately find our fulfillment in Christ. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I wanted to add that yesterday at small group, I was reminded by a wise man in our church, wise men, the you know, wise I think about men. the wise men, but he was a wise friend and, yeah. um, 
we, he reminded us that in scripture, we can't be saved by good works, but Christ saved us to do his good work that he already prepared for us to do. Yes. And I find this truth so reassuring and encouraging, and it takes a huge weight off of my shoulders, knowing that I am where God wants me to be when I'm obedient. And I don't have to worry about the pressures of the world to do something different because the world wants to say that what we're doing is not enough. Mm -hmm. And then we feel like it's not enough instead of like wholeheartedly seeking Christ. And um, the Bible, I want to go back to that, is our great measuring tool to find out where we need to repent of sin, where are we being disobedient, Mm -hmm. in order to be right where God has called us to be so that we can do the work He has already planned for us. And in that, like in Christ, we're fulfilled there. And it's not even in the work that we do, but it's in Him alone because He's already... He already paid for our sin on the cross. And then we can, out of gratitude, do the work that he created, prepared for us to do. Yeah. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Exactly. And it's not legalism to no. obey Christ. Mm-mm. It is out of a heart of love and wanting to follow him and worship him in all areas of our life. Right. Um, and kind of to piggyback off, um, you know, where we should be in life and God's will for our life. So many people ask the question, oh, I just want to know God's will for my life. Yeah. And not knowing God's will for your life is simply a lie. People want like this special revelation in some vision or dream or a sign and wonder. Mm-hmm. They want God to tell them what to do in like every individual scenario, which it's not a terrible thing to, you know, be cautious and want to lean on uh God's word and his wisdom. I can hear my kids in the background. They should be sleeping. <laughs> um and yet Scripture says, man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that's Proverbs 16, 9. And what this verse is saying is that God is in control. He has already told women who are mothers what to do from the beginning. Eve, the mother of all living. Women are designed to mother. If you become a mom, you're supposed to mother. Exactly. That's God's will for you. If you get married... God's will for you is to now be a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how we mother is going to be different. But if you have kids, you mother. You can simply find God's will for your life by submitting to the scripture. You can choose to glorify him in whatever season you're in. And Gan and I talked about this in our introductory episode. We went into how it doesn't matter what mistakes you've made or things you've done in your past, or, you know, if you've made some bad decisions Mm -hmm. or you have, I don't know, just a history of grievous sin, you can choose to glorify God in your current situation. That is literally his will for you. If you want to know God's will for your life, open your Bible and obey his commands and follow him. Um, that's kind of a tangent, but I think it does go hand in hand with identity because absolutely so Mm -hmm. many mothers, they're like, you know, holding their brand new infant and they're like, what is God's will for my life? I just don't know. And and you're, it's like right in front of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. That, that right there, that is God's will for your life. Yes. Yeah. And it's, again, it's the distractions of the world. And I think we're constantly comparing ourselves to other women and other moms, especially on Instagram. It's so easy to do that. And so we're like, oh, well, I want to make money on Instagram too, you know, and it just kind of. Don't we all? I know we all do. I would love to, but you know, I think I have to make sure that my responsibilities at home are in order first. I need to be obedient in what I'm doing now and then maybe pursue something different if when I'm able to. But I wanted to say too, you're right. We want some sort of supernatural thing to happen to us in order to know what we're supposed to do. But God already told us in his word 
And I think the world deceives mothers when it says being a mother is not enough. And it really makes sense because I think it all goes back to Satan. He doesn't want the nuclear family to thrive. He doesn't want um, children to thrive in their homes and families to thrive. He wants that destroyed. And so it does make sense why our minds are so divided in that in our own flesh. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the battle of our flesh as well. But very quickly, I want to share a verse that you made me think of, and that's first Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And that says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Now get ready for this one. Yep. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There it is. The Bible makes it so clear. Our circumstances are not our identity. Our roles and responsibilities in life are not our identity. Our identity is in Christ and our circumstances reveal to us where we place our identity. And it's all about how we react to our circumstances. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that's... That's really good. Um, so I kind of wanted to shift into another topic just for the sake of time. Um, how has God, and I'm just going to ask you this, how has okay. God um, sanctified you through having children? And I should probably explain what sanctification is. Um, maybe if you haven't heard that word before, it's kind of an odd word. Um, but basically, um, what it means is growth in your life. Maybe there are some sins or bad habits or whatever that you're dealing with. And God put you in a situation that really straightened you out and beat the sin right out of you (laughs) or even made you self-aware of it. Mm. I know a lot of people when they get married, they go into the marriage thinking, well, I'm not an angry person. I'm not selfish. I'm not, yeah, you know, this or that. And then your marriage just highlights your best, fe- yeah, best it just, features. It just, yeah, my pride, man. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, what? how has God sanctified you through motherhood? Yeah. So I would say, I think I thought I was an expert before I had kids, like I I was like, well, I'm not going to tell my kids to eat that. I'm not going to make them eat or I'm not going to let them eat that. That's what I meant. (laughs) We all say that. (laughs) Or, you know, my kids aren't going to act like that, you know, and, and you have these judgments, um, on other families. And I think really God has, shown me grace and he's convicted me that I need to be gracious with other families as well in that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all learning, we're learning how to be parents and we need to have grace with each other. Um, but yeah, before I had kids, I thought I was spiritually mature. Um, even before I got married, I thought I was spiritually mature. And I think a lot of it too was like my, you know, my leader, the spiritual leaders in my life maybe put me on a pedestal a little bit like, oh, you're so mature in your faith. I you were spiritually mature. I was like, well, she's got her stuff together. I, I don't. And I, I thought I did, but I totally didn't. Because <laughs> when um, I just realized how like manipulative I am in conflict to my husband, like, I had this expectation and then it wasn't met. So I would, you know, give him the cold shoulder and expect Mm. him to come back like a puppy, you know? Yeah. And that is so sinful and that is so manipulative and that is not Christ in me. And God revealed that and said, Hey, you have this in your life that you need to repent of. Um, but yeah, that's an example of marriage. So for kids, um, I was arrogant in my thinking and I, um, I would say, oh, I guess, let me see here. Um, I remember before having kids, how I would respond to families in public and God humbled me very quickly as a new mom with my firstborn and the new season my marriage found itself in. 
it was a very difficult and trying time. I would find myself, and I still fall into this, where mm-hmm. I struggle with do. pity parties where it's like, well, my husband's working. I don't even want to do show an example because I don't want to do it. You know what? I don't know if you know what I mean, but um, I would... I don't want to complain about my husband, I guess is what I mean yeah. on here, but because I'm not, um, but I would be like, well, my husband needs to feel sorry for me because I'm at home with kids with a pile of dishes <laughs> yeah. and he's not. And that is such a sinful attitude. And then I carry that over to my children mm-hmm. and they see that and that is just not godly and it's not, um, it's not cheerful. It's not a positive, it's not a good attitude to have. Um, and so I would feel sorry for myself. And instead of being grateful that God has placed me in a home where I can stay home. And a lot of moms don't have that and choosing that positive attitude. And so I would say too, like, I am not perfect. I am far from perfect. Um, That's something that the Lord has made me aware of in growing in motherhood. Um, And it's something that I have to just be, again, going back to that nothing is neutral, where it's like, you have to be intentional about your attitude. I have to be intentional about my attitude, even when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And um, so, yeah, I need to be grateful and it is a huge blessing. And so I have um, my moments and God has made me more aware of my sin and continues to bring me to repentance and back into obedience on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for Christ and the Holy Spirit's conviction because I would not be where I am today without Christ. And one thing my parents, this is really key, I think, is my parents taught me growing up that they aren't perfect. And at an early age, my mom came to me and told me that if I am ever hurt by her to come to her and tell her. And she taught me to be quick to apologize to my own children because I am not a perfect mom and I make mistakes. Yeah. And it's easy for me to see my children. Um, another thing too, it's easy to see them as in the way, like, yeah. oh, I want to get this done, you know, and you're in the way instead of inviting them in like we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was convicted too. Like I'm not a babysitter, you know, until my husband comes home. Yeah. I'm a teacher. I'm their teacher. And I think it's very important to be purposeful and intentional about our day as a family and the things that I want to accomplish. Again, I need to invite them into that, whether it's making breakfast or putting dishes away. And my third loves helping me make pancakes. That's Aww. like his favorite thing. And he, he is the initiator. Like he is so sweet. And I really appreciate him. And that way, usually the other boys, they get bored and they're mm-hmm. like, OK, yeah, like, we yeah, want to go play. But he sticks like Leon last week. He made fish with me nice. and he like he had the tongs and he like put the fish in the flour and the breading. And then he'd say, OK, here, mommy here. And he just kept us going. And I was like, Leon, dinner wouldn't have been made without you. Like yeah. it was very Aww. cool. And he's all proud, probably. Yeah, <laughs> he loved it. So he absolutely and he's three. So he's in that stage, too. Yeah. And we need to be cultivating those and. When I see them as in the way, I'm not making that a learning, a teaching opportunity for them and a learning opportunity for me as a parent. And so I don't know if that answers your question. Um, It's uh, it's kind of it's an ongoing thing. No, it's like you kind of get over one sin issue or thing that you're just having a rough time with, and then a new one pops up. It's like, it reminds yeah. me of whack-a-mole, you know? Yeah. You have to just keep like hitting away, you know, these things that pop up in your life. Or, And so, um, and it's funny you bring up Leon Melody lately. It's like, I'll be in the kitchen doing something and I'm hyper-focused mm-hmm. and I hear a chair scooting. Yes, the chair scoot. I know that well. <laughs> And she brings the chair right up to the counter and 
um, I'm such a task oriented person and mm-hmm. I just want to get my stuff done. It's really taught me to slow down and yes, yeah. to let her in, even if it's inconvenient. And mm-hmm. also I've been teaching Kimmer and Lucy to have patience and compassion for Melody because they'll be in Barbie land. Like yeah. they have full blown Barbie soap opera happening. And then mm-hmm. Melody shows up and wants Barbie <laughs> to be like a dinosaur, <laughs> Godzilla, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, we don't want to play with her. She's annoying. She doesn't know how to play right. And I tell them, how about you give her 30 minutes of your time and how about you treat her like you would want an older kid to treat you at that age? That's awesome. And same with the trampoline. They can't be as rough on the trampoline when she's on there. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, let's give her 30 minutes with you and how about you learn patience and kindness for a younger kid and let her be a part of what you're doing. And so that's been convicting for me because I'm kind of preaching to myself. Mm-hmm. And it also is an example of, you know, how my older two girls should include their sibling. And, you know, I don't want my kids to have that annoying little sister attitude. Um, man, I have a cold, so I apologize to the listeners if I sound stuffed up. Um, also I really like what you said about, um, how you said I'm not just a babysitter until my kids get home. I believe that the more intentional and more like a pride and ownership we put into our parenting, the more joyful it's going to be for us. Yeah. It's like, there's something very satisfying about hard work and a job well done versus if we just kick parenting into autopilot and accept what I call mediocre motherhood, then when we kind of more cater to that, we're going to feel unhappy and unsatisfied. Yeah. My best days as a mother is when I put my head down on my pillow at night and I am absolutely tanked and exhausted from the flow of the day. It's those days where I've cleaned, I've gotten a lot of schoolwork done with the kids. Mm -hmm. We've made healthy and wholesome meals and I've taken the time to, you know, get on the floor and play with them or read to them and just, just connect and stop what I'm doing and, you know, get on their level. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't even mean like, that's not to say those days go perfectly or smoothly and sin doesn't happen in the middle of it all. But, um, I think a lot of women suffer from an identity crisis when they, uh, are kind of just into that. Oh, I'm a hot mess express mom that we see on social media. Like it's the, Oh, I let my kids eat chicken nuggets, three meals a day and no one got dressed and the house is destroyed. And we stared at screens all day. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that a lot of just like humor in reels and on Instagram a lot of the time. And there's going to be days like that. We're not perfect, but I think if we stray away from the hot mess express mom and don't just accept mediocre motherhood and kind of just if we try to take our job seriously, then it's going to be more fulfilling if I can get practical. Yeah. I, and again, like that's so true because the world doesn't take our job seriously No, and says it's meaning, it doesn't mean anything. And we need to wait until we can get a job again, you know? And, um, I did want to say though, uh, last Thursday I had a stomach sickness. And so I do have to admit, I told Leroy, I was like, <laughs> okay, you put chicken nuggets in the microwave for breakfast. Yes. That's what you guys are doing. Cause I cannot like walk around. Yes. <laughs> so no, it happens. I, I had my moment that day. Um, but it's all better now, but yeah, yeah I did have my moment. <laughs> it's hard because I think and we're going back to social media. It's like yeah. women will post their hot mess express moments, but they try to normalize it. Like, oh, this is the norm. This is every day. Mm-hmm. And then women 
well, because we compare ourselves to everybody else, we just lower our standards. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess where's the balance? Because then you see the Instagram accounts where like their house is perfectly clean and exactly. And you know, they're like baking sourdough bread in their kitchen and everything's aesthetically pleasing and their toys are all neutral and colors, they're all put away and they're <laughs> right? all made of wood. And you're like, you know, then those women get accused of being fake. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, is there a medium somewhere? Yeah. But I think it, what it comes down to is treat your job seriously. Exactly. I mean, act like you're going to get fired if you don't know. <laughs> I know Solomon, like he's out like it, this kind of started in 2020, but he'll tell me, he'll be like, is it time for me to lay down some law and order? <laughs> like that's like when I'm, when I'm slipping, he's there to be like, Hey, I need to lay down the law. And yeah. I need that, you know, I need that help from him because I need that accountability. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think of things, you know, um, if we're talking about a job, like having a serious job, would you still get paid and have your job if you were scrolling Instagram and Facebook That's all day so long good. when you're yeah. clocked in? You no. know, are you going to get paid and not let go if you are, I don't know, wearing no pants all day? <laughs> like, you know, I think it's just, I think it's important to like get up, get dress to your comfort level, um, and work hard Mm -hmm. during the day, be intentional, plan things out. I just find that my day goes a lot smoother. My attitude is a lot better when I don't let the day happen to me, but I take control of the day. And that's good. I've recently, um, and I shared this on Facebook, but I've recently cut out screen time for my kids because I started getting into this rut of turning on the TV so that I could get a few things done. And then I would finish those things, but it was quiet and my kids are staring at the TV and four hours would like go by. Yeah. It goes by so fast. And then it's like, Oh no, I need to turn this off. And then the Mm -hmm. tantrums when you turn the TV off and, and I, you know, I've realized that I was kind of pacifying my kids. Hmm. I'm not doing the hard work to try to entertain them or teach them to entertain themselves when I need to get something done. And I was just falling into this rut, I guess you could say. And it made my days very unsatisfying and unfulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually right now, I'm really struggling. I feel like I'm divided in my mind right now with our, cause we're real, I'm really struggling with trying to figure out how to get my responsibilities at home done and being gone all day. Like, yeah, cause we're gone all morning. So Mondays, uh, I take Levi to school every day and then Leroy has piano lessons in the middle of the, of that. And then I, all I can really do when we get home is make dinner. Um, and then Solomon gets home and then we go to bed and, and my biggest struggle, you're so good at like cleaning up before you go to bed. I, I've gone through seasons where it's like, I can do it. And, um, but lately I hit my head hits the pillow and I can't get back up. You're like, I ain't getting up. (laughs) And so I'm like, and, um, my Leon still sleeps with us in bed. And so Mm. we, um, yeah, it's a struggle. So when he falls asleep, then I'll try to get up, but usually I'm asleep too. And so it's it's just this cycle that we're finding ourselves in. And I'm like, do I just pull Levi out and we just homeschool? Like, would that be better? Um, and so my husband and I are currently like in those discussions, like, cause I thought he would be on board with it, but he's surprisingly, he's like, well, Levi only has one more year at, for kindergarten. So let's figure this out. So he's, I think he's surprised that I, pulled the trigger on that and said, well, what if I just did this in the fall? And so we're kind of, you know, putting our heads together, trying to figure out what will work. And I think it's really about our system. Like I have to simplify it 
and we need to purge and just be simple for a while. And not every room in the house has to be picked up, you Mm -hmm. know, like there just needs to be priorities that need to be getting done every day. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's um, it's funny. And this kind of alludes back to the career thing, but Solomon's an engineer, right? Yeah, he's an engineer. And Gannon is a, he works for a general contractor and he runs work. Mm -hmm. And so I have actually leaned on Gannon and I've asked him what, as a contractor, how would you run our household? And Solomon, I mean, he's an engineer. He's, he's smart. Yep, he is. And so it might be, I guess, worth it to ask him and say like, Hey, could you like use your engineer brain and help me? Yes. Figure out how to run this. Yeah. How can I more efficiently run the household? And that's, that's actually what we're doing. When yeah, you, when awesome. I saw that you were sharing that on Instagram, I'm like, I need to ask Solomon to help me. And so we're actually like so busy, like with, um, and we love it. Like we love serving at church, but we're so busy with serving at church right now that like, we just, we go home and we eat and we sleep yeah, and that's kind that's of just been our life. And so I'm like, I just don't think this is really helping us thrive as a family at home. And it's, it's harder to pour myself out, you know, mm-hmm. when I have responsibilities that are piling up at home where it's like, wait a second, where are my priorities here? Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of, we're in that season and, and I know it's temporary and we'll figure it out. And, but it's just like, Okay, Awana's over now. Yeah, Awana so is over. I'm, I'm like, like I'm gonna be like home now on Wednesdays, and um, and yeah. So hopefully things will get easier. And then I was thinking summertime, I would just practice our system for the yeah. fall. So that's so we're already in it when the fall comes. So that's yeah. kind of my plan. But it's just a matter of like, okay time we're we're getting our time back and so that's what's really important to us yeah you know what happens too when you finally get your time back and your systems down is you get pregnant and then a baby (laughs) you have another baby yeah that's a good point yeah that that could happen no I'm not trying to be discouraging I'm just laughing because it no it's so true because I I feel like we finally have like I'm like okay I have my head above water (laughs) And then yeah. I'm going to have a baby and then I'm going to be, you know, things are going to be uprooted a little bit. And yeah, it takes a few months, like three months to kind of settle and mm-hmm. get back into things. But, um, and I think it, again, it goes back to that sanctification process of oh, becoming yeah. like Christ, like in the end. Well, Gannon is holding up the timestamp <laughs> to <Sorry>. me. <laughs> I could talk Um, all day. I know we could. This is a great topic. Um, So anyways, is there any other, I don't know, closing thoughts that we could say in one minute so Gannon doesn't kick us out? Um, Yeah, I I really just want to kind of hone in on the importance of, you know, before we're looking outward of like, what do we want to do outwardly? How do we want to pour ourselves out? We need to make sure that we're pouring ourselves out to our families first. Yeah. So that's really what I would like to hone in. And that's for myself. Like I'm talking to myself as well. Like it's, I love serving at church, but it's like, I need to reel myself in and go, okay, well, what's not getting done at home that I need to focus on. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, And I think too, pouring into ourselves would look like being in the word. Amen. Uh, Mm -hmm. Prayer, uh, being very real and honest with our shortcomings so that we can improve. Letting our husbands be honest with us so we can improve. Letting a trusted friend, you know, be, give us constructive criticism. And so that's a way we can pour into ourselves so we can pour out to others. That's really good. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed I this. I think it went well. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for 
taking time out of your busy schedule and sitting down to record. It's really hard to get two moms together. It's Um, fun. It was fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And so Ariana is on Instagram and her handle is at salty wife life. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. All right. So if you want to go ahead and give her a follow, you can. She makes really awesome uh, and encouraging posts on there. And that's all for today on this episode of Dress and Keep. God bless you guys and we hope you have a wonderful week.